Folks, welcome to an all new train wreck tonight. We are one day past victory Monday, but that doesn't have us feeling any less good about the Buffalo Bills. The Bulls play in the MAC championship this Friday, and we have a superstar guest along with myself, Maniac, and Wake Jackins. We are talking the superstar gold medalist, game show host, and I mean, everyone's hero, Summer Sanders. This episode sponsored by Picasso's Pizza. Go to picassospizza.net for the best deals on the best pizza in Buffalo. Let's go. You don't stop, you don't stop, you don't stop. You don't stop. Follow me into the great unknown Where pink flamingos grow Diet soda flows and what you take Magically regenerates On supermarket shelves The ovens clean themselves You don't pay the tab till the last drop So we all ride for nothing Cause this train never stops December. The snow might be falling here in Buffalo, but we have got a bright ray of sunshine here on Trainwreck tonight. Of course, we are talking about Olympian, ultimate host, uh, the ultimate Bills fan, Summer Sanders. Summer, how are you doing today? Well, I mean, who's not still just feeling fantastic from that amazing primetime win? I'm doing good. I have zero complaints, but thanks for asking. Love it. That's all you can ask for in wake zero in life wake zero complaints. And I think even though victory Monday is coming by, it's still a little bit of a hangover. I think we're still feeling that awesome Sunday night win a little bit. Yeah. Victory Tuesday hangovers hit different this year. They really, really do. My dad's a Steelers fan. We had a bit of a family, family ties, families, button heads over there for the game. Seriously? But you know what? Yeah. He was born in Pittsburgh. I was raised in Buffalo. He tried to make me a Steelers fan. Sorry, Harry, go bills. <laughs> It's, you know, similar fan base, right? I mean, that's, I think that's why I felt last night so badly. Um, I just, I, you know, I know Baltimore had a great comeback story, but each side Baker Mayfield was playing so well. And I just felt for their fan base because it's, you know, they want it so badly and they're deep seated. They, they stand by their team. No doubt. It's a little bit easier to feel for those Cleveland fans now that we got that proverbial monkey off our back in 2017 and let's go right back to it um I think you know we can talk playoff picture we can talk you know the state of the bills the culture the coach the fact that the GM was just extended but let's get back to these wins real quick because mm -hmm. even though the bills have developed a program they've developed a winning culture at one bills drive 
it's still pretty remarkable to see these primetime wins because even when they had momentary success throughout the drought, they never really got it done in primetime. Summer, with you know, knowing your perspective on what that can kind of show to a national audience, do they, how much more do those wins necessarily count in the conventional fans' eyes? Right. To us, they count big time. Right. I, I do think they it's just it, I'm never settled. I'm never settled fourth quarter. I never trust our lead. Um, but, you know, the the switch the like I'm switching big time in that I'm not afraid of um, having to come back in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think that stems from just this hunger in the team. And if I was a player on the team, I would look at a primetime win and be like, Okay, that was amazing. That was a win. Uh, but then you move quickly on to the next game. Um, and then you take that game step by step by step. It literally is each first down, each first down. I just really see that within the organization. And I I think that's where you just sort of, ah, you breathe just a tiny bit of a, of a sigh of relief that you don't have to panic, not necessarily as bad, because when you do see these wins, um, it does sort of add to their confidence in a healthy way. Yeah, and Bill's Mafia obviously Sorry, knows. That's no, all good, Wake. Bill's Mafia obviously knows the extremes, whether it's the highs of a big win or the lows of heartbreak and Wake. So what sticks out to you in these prime tangies? Obviously big wins for the Bills, but it's all seemingly part of a bigger process, right? We're not going to get too high. We're not going to get too low. Yeah, I think what's like, especially the most recent one against Pittsburgh, because it was the first time all year where we really saw the offense couldn't move the ball whatsoever. The offensive line was not giving Josh Allen time. The running backs were struggling in the early goings like they usually did. But still, because of how Josh Allen has played and made this incomprehensible leap from year one to year two, year two to year three, it's, it's amazing to see him come back, torch one of the best defenses in the league consistently for the entire third quarter pretty much. And then, you know, if, if he hadn't struggled earlier on in the game, I don't know if I would have felt as good about it because I wanted to see the Bills come back. Like, yeah. we've been leading so much. Like, like I just – it's nice to see that, that competitive fire from the guy. He's always looking to make the right play, and he always makes it, it seems. The yeah. The small. I find myself yelling at the TV screen often, um, but – I, early on in the season, well, maybe like in the middle of the season, if we're not in the middle of the season right now, but um, certainly like four or five games ago, I would yell at the screen, like, be the hero, Josh Allen. I just, I want so badly for him to know that that's the way the fans feel about him. Like, we do want him in the fourth quarter. Um, I really always have. I've always believed in him. I just, I've always seen him as this amazing athlete that's so coachable. And I felt like his weaknesses coming into the league were really changeable and manageable. Um, and I have never played football. I just love the game, but I do know athletes. And I know that there are some personalities that you just can't change the way they've grown up playing the game. But I just felt like he was ready to mold and be better and be better for the team. And I really do see it when, you know, he's in the tunnel and they show us those little, you know, team cheers, whatever, as just really quick as they're leading out, like his players, really do like listen to him and there he really is a strong leader and that's counted for something big time if there's anyone we're going to consult about athleticism and persevering against adversity it is buffalo bills super fan summer sanders and i think you said it best they'll be in the tunnel josh doesn't need to give a big gene hackman speech he doesn't need to pull an al pacino from any given sunday he knows what these guys want to hear and sometimes it's just a casual let's go get it done i mean this past week against the steelers let them do the dancing we're going to do the dominating i love that great to see that 
a true believer, Josh Allen, a true believer, Summer Sanders. So real quick, before we get into the culture and everything of the team and kind of yeah. put a bow on the Bills, it's out there and I know it's been said, but let's get it again on the record. Summer, how did you become a Bills fan? Yes, I met my husband on a blind date in New York City. I was living in New York City and he came in for a US ski and snowboard uh, charity event. So I was his date, I was lucky enough. Anyway, long story short, we got married. Um, I took his Buffalo Bills because he's from Hamburg, New York, born and raised. Uh, and then he took my Sacramento Kings. So at this time in about 2004 is probably when we exchanged favorite teams. You know, we were hardcore winners. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, Sacramento Chris Weber days. Yeah. yeah. Well, Chris Weber, I mean, it was maybe the tail end of Chris Weber, but certainly it was not the glory days of the Sacramento Kings when, when I really asked him to, to come on in and be a part of the, the Sacramento Kings um, purple fan base. But I've always loved, and I do feel like Sacramento fan base with uh, basketball is similar to the Bills. It's, you know, we have one team to cheer for really. Um, and especially in, in the heyday of when I was cheering for the Kings with Bibby and Weber, as you said, Chris Weber, Vladdy Divots, all these great players. Um, it was a really special time to be a Kings fan. So. You and and we've had a rebuilding year after year after year, and that's not that dissimilar from the Bills fan base. We don't give up, so and we don't leave in the fourth quarter. We stay there for the end of the game because we value and we not value just because we haven't second. finished our beer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we value every second. There's no better place to watch a, a, a football game than in Buffalo. I absolutely love it, and I really do love it when it snows, even though my name is Summer. <laughs> So you, how many games have you been to in Buffalo? Like what, what's been some of the more memorable ones if you have? Well, oh my God, the first one I went to, this is my first taste of the agony that Bill's oh, fans no, have gone no. through was oh. the Monday night Cowboys game. And I don't remember the year, but 2007, we, I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> oh my God, Zach, we lost on like special teams crushed us. And I turned to Eric at the end, like I thought we'd won. And I turned to Eric at the end when we lost in the last second. And I was like, is this what you have been living through? I'm like, I gotta buckle up for this ride. And I was all in because the fans, not once were they really pissed off at the team. They looked to the next game and how they could get better authentically and very real. And, you know, I spent 10 years working for the NBA. I can tell you several cities that um, halfway through the first quarter would be booing their team. And that just isn't the case with the Bills. And I appreciate that. No doubt. Wake was asking you about the tailgating. You got any crazy tailgating memories from more recently? When, when was the most recent game you went to? Did you bring the fam? Um, it was a while ago because we wanted to go last year. Um, and it just didn't happen. And the previous year to that, we lived abroad in Spain. Um, so we we got to watch uh, you know, our 11 o'clock games here in Park City, Utah. We were watching a night over there, which was wow. awesome. Um, yeah, we, it's been a while. It's been way too long. And I did bring the kids last time and it was awesome. So our tailgating has definitely been G-rated somewhat. I have not broken any tables, nor do I really have the desire to break any tables. <laughs> and that does not make me any less a Bills Mafia member. So um, yeah, I'll leave that to somebody else. But yeah, my first my first game uh, was Cowboys. I think my second game, I was super pregnant. Um, so I've really been, I need to get back there with like some older kids and really live the life of a Bills fan. Summer Sanders, there's nothing that she doesn't do at a super level, whether it's winning gold medals, 
hosting game shows or getting pregnant. She does it all at the top of <laughs> Summer, I honestly think we, we got to be treasuring you at those Bills tailgates. Have you ever been reached out to lead the charge? I mean, this is something they invite, you know, sometimes more famous fans to do. Wave the flag. I would be going nuts if you were just waving the flag above the tunnel. Oh I'm going to say this out loud. It has been like casually like peppered out there, but I don't think by decision makers. Mm-hmm. And I want to. I absolutely want to. Um, so, you know, if they called and said, would you do it? I would be like, uh, I don't know, George Jetson myself over there and <laughs> somehow, somehow be able to transport myself, I don't know, Star Trek ways. Um, yes, I would do it in a heartbeat. It'd be such an honor. Oh my gosh, I love Star Trek references, everything. Well, we are going to make that happen. Intern, make sure you are getting on that. But let's get back to uh, let's get back to this Bills team. Um, again, I, obviously, luckily, the news the last week, we got Brandon Bean, the general manager, extended for a couple of years. Him and McDermott are going to team up. Um, you know, obviously, Summer, you know, you've been coached by a number of coaches. You've had a number of leaders in your athletic career. What do you think, you know, from the outside that they're doing that is really tangibly different than, say, what a Rex Ryan was doing? Obviously, Rex was bigger on the bravado, but before that, you had Doug Marone, Chan Gailey. What is it, and if you can, uh, like, shed a little light on it, you know, what does the it factor that you see from McDermott and this leadership crew at One Bills Drive? I think it's a belief and a consistency in that belief, right? I mean, he does hold his players accountable, which is so appropriate. I... I wasn't mad that he benched Zach Moss when he fumbled the football, right? I mean, did you see him run this on Sunday night? He was like hugging that thing like it was his job because that is his job. And gentle reminders of that are really a really nice accountability moments, right? Um, and I do think that there is a, a real trust within the team and that creates an amazing chemistry. So. Uh, I've never been a fan of people that come into the Buffalo Bills organization about all about themselves. I don't think it works well. It might work well on other teams, absolutely with different coaching, but I've always felt like no matter what coach you have in the front office or at the front office and the coach you have, um, it has to be about team. So, and that has to start with the coach, right? So if we go back to some of the other coaches, possibly it was a bit too much about the coach, right? Um, I think also, this is a game that they're playing, right? A very um, high level game. But when you come back to sports, you have to come back to the basics and how do you play this game? And, and you take it play by play and first down by first down and you go back to fundamentals. I think that, you know, so often in each game, we've heard the work that Josh Allen has put in um, just simply with his throwing mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work, I mean, Diggs is like, Forget about it. Just I'll get open somehow and I'll make this. He's like a warm security blanket. It's so nice. It's amazing. Security blanket. (laughs) And you guys, that comes down to hard work, right? Belief. Um, Maybe at the beginning of the season, it was true belief. Maybe it was belief in the impossible that we would be where we are right now. But I always felt it was possible. And the trust in the team. And uh, those take a second to build. And I think, you know, I applaud Sean McDermott. I, I applaud the entire, uh, the team, and honestly, the fan base too, because I know that the fan base does have an impact on the team. I think they can feel it even if they're not in the house. And, yeah. and Wake, Brandon Bean, obviously, 
wants to, you know, he deals with risk no matter what when he brings in a player of his other player. Stephon Diggs, it wasn't necessarily a guarantee that he was going to be a home run in Buffalo. You had Vikings fans saying, oh, can't wait till Josh overthrows him for the first time or something like that. People were saying that he was selling out in Minnesota, but he's buying in here in Buffalo. And you think that goes to the leadership, Wake? Oh my, it absolutely goes to the leadership. And, you know, there's been some things that have come out about Stefan Diggs, uh, and, you know, exactly why he asked to leave the Vikings. They were going more run heavy and the, the coaching staff wasn't being very transparent with him about that, even though they were people that he trusted and he believed in and they thought had the best interest of him in mind. They weren't being transparent with him. And so that's why he left. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the, the locker room cancer or whatever you want to call it that people thought he was. I wasn't worried about that because, and I wanted to ask you somewhere about this because, you know, you know so much about good coaching and culture and things like that. But if these people were, if Brandon Bean was thinking we can bring in Antonio Brown and we can make him fit here, we can make him buy in. Bringing in Stefan Diggs didn't worry me whatsoever. He was a player I wanted to target for years. My friends and I were joking that we would trade for Stefan Diggs. It actually happened. Summer, when did you buy into that narrative that Stefan Diggs was a bad teammate or that he might not mesh here? Like, what was your what was your perspective on that? Well, I think who really knows, right? We're not in that Vikings locker room, so it's a lot of hearsay, and that can be destructive if you listen to too many people, right? So, here's what I do believe: is I do believe that if a player genuinely wants to win a championship, they have to at some point uh, get rid of their ego to play for the team. Mm -hmm. And and honestly, that might in turn fuel their ego in a roundabout way, right? They, they will flourish if they allow themselves to be a part of that environment. So it just goes back to the fact that, yeah, we have had players on the Buffalo Bills that aren't team-centric players and don't, and don't not, not just love Buffalo, but they outwardly are dissing the city. That doesn't work. It just doesn't work in this environment. We had the same, I've had the same problems with play, I, as if I'm running the team, there have been the same problems with the Sacramento Kings, you know, and they, some people call it a cow town, whatever. I love where I grew up. I didn't grow up in, in Buffalo, but I love Buffalo and the people of Buffalo. So you do have to give up some of yourself to grow in a way as the team. And I always look at people that they have the ability to change. So if they were one way on one team, it might've been the culture of that team. Maybe they've been longing to be more of a team player and less of this, you know, like swirly chaos tornado just by themselves, right? Um, so that's the way I viewed it. I, I think anything is possible and Sean McDermott has created this culture and there's no other way to exist in Buffalo except to be part of an awesome team. Big swirly tornado sounds like Josh Allen when he was running around in 2018. He's a lot more responsible now, and he is making plays. We're going to get back to the Bills and the playoffs. Are, but let's let's go a little bit outside the box here. We mentioned the hubby. We got the family at home. So I want to uh, kind of get your perspective on something, Summer. Speaking of changing their ways, speaking of people always being able to change, a lot of millennials nowadays, they say dating is very tough. It's very difficult. So do people need to open up? Do people need to kind of compromise, change their ways, and be a little bit more open to say the idea of a blind date? Now more than ever, yeah. I mean, we're in 20, we just, we've almost made it through 2020, y'all. I don't know how people dated in 2020. I have no clue. I don't, was it a Zoom dating situation? I have no idea. So yes, open yourselves up to people setting you up. It was my one and only blind date. 
So that was it. And we both went in with this feeling of, oh, we're not looking for anything serious. Let's just go have fun. So you never know what's going to happen, right? Take some risks, have some uh, careful fun, as I like to say, you know, be responsible, whatever. But yeah, you know, you've got to open up your avenues to meet people. Careful fun is probably going to be the title of my autobiography. I, I won't have as many books as you, Summer, but I think that's probably going to be a pretty good title of me. Well, you got Wake. He's in a great relationship here. Life is going around. I've been single forever, so maybe the blind date. It's time to dive in. I'm not put. I'm not sticking my toe in the pool here. I'm going in with a cannonball, Summer. Let's go. It. But uh, so we're talking family. Obviously, you know things have. We've been. I, I assume a lot of quarantine in Utah this year. I don't want to speak for you, but has that been uh, most of the case for 2020? Yeah, but I mean, I wish I could like turn this around and you could see the outside. It's like, you know, we're automatically, the moment we step out our door, we're six feet apart. We have so much open space here, trails, hiking, mountain biking, whatever. So, and now of course skiing, because we have snow on the ground. Um, we did quarantine for a little while. We are now hit hard again in the state of Utah, um, but our schools up here in Park City are, are in person. So the kids are still going to school and, and, you know, they're thriving still their sports, their sports are just outdoor sports, um, no contact sports. So they do, my daughter is, does equestrian, she rides a horse and uh, my, and then they both are on ski team. So they're just naturally, you know, kind of socially distanced and a, and a safe uh, space for them to be themselves. So yeah, life has, I have no, I just got done with a run. I switched my hat from my sweaty hat to my Buffalo Bills hat. So Man, it's a clean it hat. Good. It's a very nice hat. Thank you very much. <laughs> looking very fresh in the hat. There's no doubt. Anyone who's hating on the hat on the internet, you're just looking for an excuse to hate. Some are looking like an 11 out of 10 with it on. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. I was going to ask, a little, little less humidity on that Utah run than the uh, princess run at uh, Disney? Oh, my God. <laughs> that thing are you talking about so this was a run in disney and uh it started literally in the middle of the night because that's the way you have to do it in florida we're, it, this is disney in florida in orlando yep. it was so hot that that the race director director actually came on and told people please do not go for best times here it's just it's you could really ruin yourself um i'm not sure what the humidity was but my i think you know i look at it if it's over 90 percent like that's stupid humidity um and that's what it was so we just start i started out quite slow and i continued quite slow and i got to high five a bunch of disney princesses and characters and all this kind of stuff that was my that was my one and only disney run it was a half marathon yeah so this is there's not as much humidity out here drier <laughs> i know you got some pooches back home in utah uh yeah. living with you know we have cats here obviously very different animals but it seems like over the course of the last you know since march since quarantine and all that started they are relentless they just don't leave us alone like i don't know is that how your dogs are they get in a little bit of separation anxiety now yes i in fact that's why i took my dogs out for a run with me right now and i have one dog that has like so much energy and then our brown dog they're both huge but our brown dog like fakes like he's so tired and can't really run unless he's off leash and doing his own thing. But he's the one and he's older and he comes up to us and he puts our paw, his paw on our lap. He's begging for food now. His manners have literally gone out the window. I don't know what's happening, but they're, I mean, they just, they've been, they've been spoiled now. They've been around us too much. 
I gotta ask, what do you quantify as begging? Because my dog, when I'm eating, will sit up straight right next to me and looking right at me with like a dead stare. I don't view that as begging. I view that as observing something that you really want to be involved in. I think you got to make noise. <laughs> you got to do like a whimper for the begging. So I'm wondering, what do you qualify as the begging for? Okay, the begging in in my house would be the sitting next to you and then taking your nose. Let's say this is my hand on my plate and he would take his nose and do this. Yes. And then there's the paw that comes up and on the table or on the lap. Yeah. There's okay. a lot of that. There's the, he's giant. Yeah, he's a, both our dogs are Newfoundland poodle mix. So okay. they're a hundred pounds, but just skinnier than a Newfoundland, much skinnier. Um, and he will try to weasel his way in between the table and the bench where my kids eat. Cause okay. you know, they know where the crumbs are falling. So jackpot city. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of rude behavior. We let it go for a while. Cause it was like, Oh, look at how cute he is. And now we're like, no, this is, you're going to knock a table over or you're going to, a fork is going to go flying. Everything's cute once or twice, but then you're just trying to eat, trying to get your meal in. Speaking of eating and getting your meals, we are rolling on here. Trainwreck tonight, 191, sponsored by Picasso's Pizza. Locations all over Western New York, picassospizza.net. Um, real quick, and I get we could do multiple episodes of this for hours. Just going to do some talk about the Olympics, obviously. Yes. Um, my you're representing. Point, oh, well, of course. I mean, I actually, uh, my family was lucky. We took one vacation during this time, and we went from Buffalo, New York, to Lake Placid. A uh, really nice area over the summer, obviously home of the Winter Olympics. Great store. I didn't get this here. I actually had non-buyer's remorse. I wanted to get a sweatshirt there. I didn't get it. And now it's not one you can get everywhere because it's exclusive in that kind of Olympic village setting. Yeah. But I want to talk to you, obviously, as an Olympic athlete and as a mother, because youth sports is a big topic nowadays. Kids, I mean, kind of giving up youth sports at earlier ages and things like that. And obviously, um, you're kind of a big proponent in the role that a parent plays in a kid playing sports. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that. Is it right to just let them kind of pick their path? Is it right to guide them a little bit? Is it, you know, do you just push them in the pool and say, let's go? Give us your perspective on that, Summer. Well, definitely not the pushing unless, you know, <laughs> it's they're 14 and they're being a pain. Um, yes, no, you you guide them. You, you match their commitment. You hold them accountable if they've decided to sign up for a team and they want to quit halfway through. That's not acceptable. But for the most part, you try and remember your role as parent, and that is to watch them emotionally, make sure that they're continuing to have fun, and lastly, really making sure that they're following through um, with their commitment. And I guess not lastly, this one's lastly, um, making sure that they understand the value of a failure and a win and how to react properly. Um, I'm all for I'm all for kids that get pissed off when they lose. I, I That's a competitive kid, right? But there's a time and place. So um, I would have, when my kids would get pissed off when they would lose, I would pull them aside and let them have their moment. And then they needed to come back out and collect themselves and remember what it's all about, right? But I do sort of uh, encourage parents to celebrate the idea of the fact that they have a kid that cares and who's passionate and is competitive because not all kids are that way. There are a lot of kids who are like, eh, win, lose, I don't care. Can I go hang out with my friends over here? And you're like, wow, my husband and I would both be like, wow, that is so interesting. We would have never been that way. So that reminds me of the next thing. 
parents, you had your life in sports and now this is your kid's turn, right? And so let your kid have their experience, let their kid find their way within it. Um, if they ask for advice, offer it up gently. Um, don't always ask, how did that go? How did you feel? Don't be the interrogator, the, the, the reporter after uh, a competition or a training session or whatever. Let them open up when they want to um, and enjoy it because being on the sidelines and cheering on your kid is a really, really special spot. Um, I will say, and I know I'm going really long with this, but you did ask a question that is near and dear to my heart. It's part of the reason why I love the story of, of Josh Allen. Um, I grew up in Northern California. He grew up in Firebaugh, California, which is just outside of Fresno. Um, I had all of my really big meets in Fresno, Clovis West High School. Um, so I know that area very well. And of course, then I was like connected to, oh, his story. Oh, Firebaugh, California. Okay, let's hear about it. And from what I understand, and again, I haven't ever sp spoken to Josh's parents, but I really did like the idea of the way his parents viewed sports in his life, right? He, this one quote that his dad had, which is that Josh was gonna grow where he was planted. And you know, many people thought Josh could, should go off to different high schools to get seen by other colleges and recruited in a different way. But his parents really saw the value of that foundation of his family and everything. And I think honestly, that's what you're seeing right now is this, this foundation. It, it, when I was on the blocks, right before I got on the blocks for my gold medal race in Barcelona, nothing was going well. Mentally, physically, I was drained. And I found this random bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought about the people that matter. And I thought about my family and the people that I really love and that really love me. And that's not hundreds of people. That was a select few. And that's where I drew my strength I took that and I went on the blocks and I swam the most imperfect race to touch the wall first. So it counts for something and it continues to count for something. So what you do now as a parent could affect your kid later on when he's he or she is an adult. I was going to ask about some kind of moment that people might not have known about, you know, from you in the Olympics, but you know, some, and I was going to say something funny, but those moments don't always have to be funny. It's, you know, those small moments within yourself that motivate you to get through what's about to be probably the toughest, however minute money minutes and seconds of your life. Yeah. Um, on, on the note of, you know, empowering children to play, I know you're a right to play ambassador. I know you do a lot of work there. Like how important is that to you? Like what is, what's all that about? Like, what are you doing there? Yeah, there was, there was a time when I would take a trip to, you know, our, our programs in Africa, which most of our programs are in Africa. Um, and I would come back and people would say, did you find the next Olympian? And I thought, oh, no, 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 that's not what this is about. Um, so right to play is, is uh, skill and uh, learning based curriculum, all based on movement. So if you just think even us, you know, we'd all do better if every 45 minutes we got up and walked around and then came back to our desk, we'd be more creative, we'd be more productive. There's tons of science on this. Yeah. Um, but play in sport in developing countries and children who've been affected by war is a really great way for them to heal, for them to feel a part of a community. Um, you know, we had, I went to Sierra Leone in 2003 and, and we were literally exchanging guns with soccer balls, you know? So this idea of a child soldier, somebody 
a little kid who'd been ripped from his family at the age of six or seven and for the past 10 years had only known war and killing, you know, and didn't even know if his parents or family were alive. So now his community are these other child soldiers and conflict resolution is unfamiliar. Let's get them on the field. Let's get them playing. So sport really is a common denominator. It's probably, it's the most commonly spoken language uh, in those countries. And for most of the world, it's, you know, football, uh, soccer. And so everybody knows it over there. And it, and so with those skills and the, the curriculum that we're teaching teachers and um, champions on the ground, they are then teaching the next generation and building communities. So it's a fully sus sustainable uh, organization. And, and like you said, um, I've been a part of it for 20 years now, 20 plus years. And folks, if you want to figure out or find out more about what Summer is up to, the stuff she's working on, check her out on social media. She's on Instagram. She's on Twitter. Find her there. But also a really nice site, summersanders.co. Nice kind of wraps everything in a bow and tells you some of the projects she's working on. So very exciting. Speaking of the work with Right to Play, uh, for them, you actually represented them when you went on The Apprentice. I believe it was season nine, Celebrity Apprentice. 2010. Um, I don't know what season it was, but yeah. Okay, okay. you're, you're on there with a bevy of names. Most important to me, I mean, I, and I know this is selfish, but Bill Goldberg wrestling of wrestling fame. Um, any interesting stories? I, I, I'm sure you could list them up, but any quick stories about how fun that was? Obviously, that experience. Yeah, I mean, it, well, I made some great friends, Holly Robinson, Pete. Um, I felt like we were, we weren't the most exciting season because we didn't fight a ton. I do find there is just some satisfaction in in the fact that I think Holly and myself and a few other of the um, cast members or, or participants, whatever you want to call us, we really did sort of change the narrative directly to how important our charities were in our lives. You even saw Sharon Osborne get quite emotional and crying about her charity and how important it is. It was cancer research. I don't specifically remember the charity's name, but many of these people just really, really spoke about their charity more so than throwing one another, one another under the bus and getting really catty. So for that, I was kind of proud of changing the narrative on the, on the game show itself, but it was, I mean, it was a trip. That was, I, my proudest moment was getting a chance to say right to play on national television when I won as project manager. But the whole thing was just chaos. And, and took zero the words right out of my mouth. I'm going to say winning as a project manager, getting right to play front and center. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of awesomeness, Summer, you know we have to do it. You know, you know we couldn't bring you on without talking about the cult classic, Entrenched in Everybody's Heart. Every millennial's favorite game show. Oh, wait, where is she going? Is she, is she bringing in Billy the Answer Head? Because we're talking about figure it oh, out. The game. Look at that. Who has a board game with their face on it? Tell oh, me the number man. of people because it's not very many. But there <laughs> is Summer Sanders. I mean, the hair wow. is amazing. Can we talk about that? The hair is amazing. Yeah. Wow. It, sh it certainly is. And we single-handedly bought out every squirt that was offered to a female at that time, the skirt, for those of you that don't know, is a skirt and a short all in one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm learning a lot, but but I do have to ask about that hair. A lot of Alberto VO5 in there around then? I still remember, Zach is referring to my first commercial after 1992, mm -hmm. and I still remember my lines for that commercial. I was oh, getting, out of, it, pool, getting <laughs> out of the pool and I said, 
Um, it said, uh, I swim seven days a week. Great for my body. Tough on my hair. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to make a parody of that commercial. I'm live streaming seven days a week. Yeah. Great, great for my ego. Terrible for my health and lifestyle. I mean, look at how cute <laughs> Billy the Answer Head is, right? Billy the Answer Head might have been one of the cutest things in all of game shows. He's an icon. And, yeah, and Summer, really obviously like that. that show, I mean, you want to talk about a like a, a quote unquote train wreck in a good way. You got secret slime actions. You got the fans throwing stuff for hints. You got the Clue Express, which obviously at Trainwreck Sports, we're a big fan of. No Clue Coaster in our uh, in our books. But with that said, any crazy moments behind the scenes maybe they could share, obviously, or anything that you might uh, experience you look back moments? on? Yes. I mean, you guys have to remember the, the guests that we had on, on our panel. Like once we really started charging, um, I had, we had Sherman Hemsley on from Jefferson's, you know, um, Wheezy. I don't know. That was my generation. I watched okay. the Jefferson's every single afternoon. We had um, uh, Richard Simmons on. Oh, yeah. We had jo Joe Namath on, uh, Dr. J, uh, Penny Hardaway. There, I mean, the number of, of guest panelists that we had on and just none of it was rehearsed. Those kids, I mean, the kids' creativity and spontaneity and the way it just kind of leads itself and leads itself into this amazing sense of comedy was remarkable. Um, I accidentally beat a kid. Do you remember the kid that was the um, champion cricket spitter? Oh, no. Yeah. You, you beat him? It was a her. Uh -huh, and I'm sorry. they were frozen crickets. And so, you know, they at the end, they had me try everybody, for the most part, try everybody's talent or, you know, see it firsthand. Oh, no. So I got to try cricket spitting and the crickets were frozen. Uh, and so I put the cricket in my mouth and I spit that thing. I beat her by so much, <laughs> by so much. It flew like you can't, I can't even tell you how far away the camera was, but it was like to the back of the stage and in my ear, cause we have the, you know, an IFB. And so the producer is talking to me and she was like, please don't beat the contestants. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh really my gosh, we're I trying to make talent. a spectacle, three rounds of riddles about this talent. And then Summer's here just goes, I'm an Olympic gold medalist, step back. Yeah, who knew? Did you, ever, did you ever think about like commit like pitching cricket spitting to the Olympic committee? I know we got some new new sports joining it this year. I, you could have done that. Yeah, resurrected. We, I, that. I you know there are a lot of things heading into the Olympics. Some of it I'm not 100 percent sure about. You, there's break dancing. Did you hear that? That yeah. coming mm -hmm. in. Yeah, break yeah. dancing, rock climbing's in there this year. Well, yeah, rock climbing, amazing. I I don't think cricket spitting is going to make the cut, oh. but. But I have wanted to pitch a like an evening version of Figure It Out for your generation because uh, I think that show should come back. And I oh think that we all need a little bit of slime in our lives and the charade brigade. I mean, where have they been? And we need, we need the charade brigade back in our lives, no doubt about it. And secret slime action. I mean, let's face it, who hasn't wanted a coworker to just get slimed in the middle of the day for sneezing too loud? Like that would be, I think that's totally fine by me, honestly. For having the name Wake, you know, that could be the secret slime action. That, that would have been a great time. Be... I should have had the green screen ready. I failed you on that one. I'm sorry. I gotta talk, I gotta talk to our producers. We're, we're making that the secret slime action for the next show. Yep. <laughs> but real quick, we'd be remiss. We love to play games, Summer. I know you love to have fun with all, you know, that you've done. I mean, every network you've been on. I mean, you're the ultimate, you know, utility network player. I'd say anyone can put you on any show talking about anything. I think you're going to dominate it. 
But we are going to go a little bit. We're going to go back to your Buffalo Bills, and we are going to go with a Buffalo Bills version of Figure It Out. So how we're going to play this is I'm going to give you a bill, or in one case, actually, two bills. They have a hidden talent, and you have to identify what it is, okay? Okay. Now, here's what you can do. Wake is going to play the panel. You can ask him yes or no questions, okay? And we're going to give you one minute. We're going to give you a hint. There's two rounds, two two separate rounds of this. Uh, We're going to give you a minute, and we're going to give you a hint halfway through each time. Summer Sanders, are you ready to see if you can figure it out? Yeah, is it, wait, is it a special talent of one of the players, or I have to figure out the player? Oh, no, 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 it's a special talent of one of the players. Yeah, we're going to tell you the players. Okay, all right. Okay, so the first player, this is actually two players with the same talent, so we're going to give you both of them. Eric Wood and Josh Allen on their Buffalo Bills profile have the same hidden talent. Some are rocking the Eric Wood jersey. So you can ask Wake yes or no questions to try and figure out what this talent is. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, Summer Sanders, we are starting now. Um, is Does this involve a sport? No. Does this involve food? No. Did they learn this as a kid? Maybe, probably. Is it an art form? No. Oh my God, is it a, um, a language? Like, a, a, does it have anything to do with language or, or speaking or anything? No. No? Oh my, can I just look on the internet? Um, <laughs> it is on the internet. Well, I know, but that would be like cheating, cheating. And that is not no, how I want to teach kids to find the answer. Okay. Um, so uh, does this have anything to do with where they grew up? No. Can okay, Summer, 20 seconds to go. We're going to give you a hint. We're pulling it in here. Me? The talent of Josh Allen and Eric Wood, here is your hint. Oh my God, does that have to do with juggling? Juggling is the talent of Eric Wood and Josh Allen. They both have it listed on their Bubble Bills. Summer has won. I think she wins for round one. Some figure it out apparel. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how that works. Wait a second. Juggling is both a sport and an art form, Wake. Don't you think? Oh, we should have gone to the judges. I should have came in. That's my fault. I'm playing the Summer Sanders role. I I wasn't sure about sports. I thought about saying yes to art form. I should have consulted. I should have consulted Mania. No, no, no. You're fine. That was. I mean, I know that that episode of The Office so (laughs) well. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you do you trust me, Phyllis? Do you you trust trust me, Phyllis? Do you trust me? Unbelievable. Okay, and now for the bonus round, the grand finale. For the Buffalo Bills talent, we are going to go to a fellow Stanford Cardinal. We are going to go to Harrison Phillips. Yep. Okay, and again, we have his secret talent. We have one minute on the clock. Wake is going to answer correctly this time. He's going to help you out. Wake, help her out. We got to get her a grand prize to Nickelodeon Studios in Orlando, (laughs) Florida. Someone needs to get gacked. All right. Um, we have one minute on the clock. Summer, you can ask Wake again. We are looking for the secret talent for Harrison Phillips here. Three, two, one. Does this, I mean, I, I know uh, about the way he goes back to kids with terminal illness and, and life-threatening diseases. So uh, does this have anything to do with the way he gives back, his charity work? Not, no, but it's wonderful work, you're right. Okay, so is this, does this involve any other sport? Kind of, maybe. Okay, okay, so it's like an activity. It's like yes. an activity of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it have to do with hunting? No. Um, does it have to do with, um, so like, is it a circus act? It kind is of not like a circus a, act. 
not, gosh darn it. I'm looking for trapeze or something like that. Um, okay, so kind of a sport. Um, do do we watch this on television? No. We Is got it the a part of comedy? Clue. We got the first clue on the Clue Express coming Thank in. Thank God. A pu he likes to play puzzles. I mean, He's a professional puzzle puzzle guy. Does he is he into technology? Is he into te uh, like? We got we heck? got ten seconds on the clock. Can Summer get? We got her second clue coming up here. Ten seconds to go. Clue Express. Rubik's cube. Rubik's is he a master's Rubik's? Is he master Rubik's cube guy? He is a master Rubik's Cube guy. Harrison Phillips from Stanford can solve a Rubik's Cube as his hidden talent. You have won a Nintendo 64 and a brand new mountain bike. Let's go! <laughs> yes! Usually, usually it's an all in, all in, uh, all, wait, what is it? A fully paid, all expenses included trip to Smuggler's Notch. Do you remember Ooh. that? Like, I always <laughs> felt so dirty when I, cause I was a California girl. I'm like, where is this smuggler's notch? Um, so yeah, okay. Well, um, hey. hey, you guys, do you know how quickly Harrison Phillips can uh, solve the Rubik's cube? That wasn't listed. Do you know how quick it was? I think you can do it pretty quick, like under a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be able, like my son can do it in like, like under 10 seconds, I think. That would be fun, right? Yeah. Get him on and see how quickly, because it's all algorithms now. You want to get the Bills' attention, tag the Bills and Harrison Phillips and say, Harrison, you think you can beat this? And boom, next thing you know, you're going to be out there leading the charge, Summer. <laughs> all right, let's work on it. Let's awesome. Work. Hey, I appreciate you playing it. Figure it out with Summer Sanders. As we wind down our train wreck tonight, 191, one last topic before we uh, start doing our sign-offs here, Summer. I um, was looking at some background. You said, obviously, growing up, Olympians were big uh, you know, influences for you as athletes. But then as you got a little bit older, your favorite athlete, Michael Jordan. Um, so obviously, this is a big year. The Last Dance came out, kind of gave a look behind the scenes at you know his early career and especially on the 1997 season. I'm wondering, A, what you thought of that whole special, if it changed your opinion on uh, MJ at all. And two, if we had a last dance at the 92 Olympics in Barcelona, what's maybe something someone would have learned that they might not have known? Uh, about Jordan? Well, no, about you from, Bar from about 92. Me? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, well, let's go with last dance first. You were right. I was obsessed with Michael Jordan. Um, I covered my dorm room with Michael Jordan posters. I traveled to away swim meets with Michael Jordan posters. You can put those up on your wall with toothpaste and it does not damage the paint or the wallpaper. Little nugget of knowledge for We're you. We're learning a lot here, honestly. Um, I need yeah. to know that freshman year of college or else right? I've written up so much. <laughs> you gotta travel with your Jordan posters. Um, so yes, I well, here's the great thing is I got to work for the NBA during Jordan's, you know, time frame. Um, and my co-host was one of Jordan's very good friends in Ahmad Rashad. Um, I loved The Last Dance because I loved the Jordan era and I I think he's just the greatest player and I feel like any athlete can learn so much from the way he pushed his team, encouraged his team, whether it was tough love or not, um, but he always expected the best and he always expected the best from himself too. So, but I, it was fun for me to watch it with my kids because I have always said they've for their whole life, even though they have like a phone in front of them, they've said, mom, what time is it? And I, my response has always been game time. Woo, 
<laughs> and so after this, after, after this docuseries, they now understood why I said that. But I mean, their entire existence, I've said that. And I've just sort of giggled to myself. Now they know that that's what they said in the tunnel. So, um, so I love that. I have no last dance material. I mean, can you imagine me sitting there in my fancy chair with my cigar and my whatever he had, whiskey or bur- I don't know what was rocking in my I, I would probably pay $9.99 a month for one episode a month of that. Oh. <laughs> Summer's Cigar Corner, breaking down everyday life. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I went into 92. It was before the internet was invented, you guys. But right right now, the Peacock executives are running. They're running to Summer's Asia. <laughs> get, get her on! <laughs> so exciting. Yeah, it was, listen, it was the great last games before it turned into, a, like, an awesome, amazing circus. You know, we were in Barcelona. I was in Barcelona when the Sagrada Familia, I mean, my memory of the Sagrada Familia was was not super beautiful. It was still in this like, was, you know, definitely didn't have stained glass up and all this kind of stuff. It was in the, the darker version of its construction. Uh, it was a great time to be an Olympian. I do have to say though, that we did have to go through mag and bags, right? To get in. And there was a point when we, as USA athletes got our own bus because um, there were bomb threats against the United States. And I mean, I was such an idiot and so removed from any real threat that we US athletes were like, oh, that's great. So we don't have to wait in line for a bus. We can just take our own bus there. I mean, that's how lame. Um, I never thought anything like that would be real. Um, But after our competition was over, there's one thing I can say about swimmers. Well, there are many things I can say. We know how to train hard, but we also know how to have a lot of fun. So it was really great that our competition was the first seven, eight days. And then the rest of the time, I lived like a Spaniard at night and an American during the day. And it, it was magical. So there you go. That's my 92 last dance moment. And tune into the January, 2021 episode of cigar hour with summer. And we'll get more on that. A huge shout out to summer Sanders joining us here on train tonight, sponsored by Picasso's pizza. We are down to the shout outs before the shout out UB Bulls this weekend. Summer, if the UB Bulls win the MAC championship, I am one step closer to being able to cut my hair for the first time since 2017. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think we need to start looking at what style you're going to cut it into. You okay. know, I mean, come on. Right. What are we going to do? We're going to do some like undercut situation like BC? I, w- I was thinking going buzz. I-, I think I was going full, full renovation, start from no. scratch. No, take it in stages, man. Stages. You can have so much fun with this. Okay. So much fun. Speaking from a person who's always actually really wanted to shave her head, I've, but you know, I mean, a lot different for a woman to do that. I don't have a plethora of wigs. I only have a couple of them. But (laughs) I do think start with the undercut, right? And then get really creative with, then you could go, I mean, who was that character from, uh oh god everybody wanted it a couple of summers ago this cut he um was jeremy renner his character in superheroes movie hawkeye Um, hawkeye okay i go with a little hawkeye look that that would get me some blind dates if i go around looking like jeremy renner Mm -hmm. absolutely no doubt about it and feel it out right okay zach okay prepare yourself and if the bills win the super bowl we're both shaving our head oh my god 
She didn't say no right away, folks. She didn't we, say we, no. We will start, I'll start the shout-out. I got to make a huge shout-out to Eric with a K. Eric Schlopey. Eric Schlopey. I'm yes. sorry if I, if I mispronounce this. But no, that's how no. you make a Bills individual into a Bills family. Now, it was a nice negotiation by him. He took on the Sacramento Kings. There was no Buffalo basketball team, so it's totally fine. Great work by Eric turning a Buffalo Bill individual fan into a family fan. Well done by him. So kudos to him. And, you know, he's just a great-looking guy, plain and simple. He is a great-looking guy with a good haircut. So he could probably give you some pointers there. But, yes, thank you. And you said the last name correctly, which not many people do. Shlopey, Shlopey. That's great. <laughs> Love it. All wait, right, you guys. got any shout outs? Do um, I have any? Oh, oh, wait, sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. So I'm going to shout out, first of all, the art of juggling because I should know that it's an art. So shout out there. Going to shout out my favorite figure it out panelist, Danny Tamborelli. I think I screamed, I don't know, as a child way more often than I should have. Uh, real quick on there, I want to know. Who was one of your favorite hosts, like the panelists that was on there? Like that, then there, that'll be my last shout. Yeah, I mean, Danny Tamborelli, because he'd always flick his hair into the dog oh, pound, and the kids loved it, and he was so good with the kids. He had so many Make-A-Wish kids that would come through, and he treated them like royalty and with all this love, and now he's a dad, so you can follow him on social media. He's got this thing, Tuesdays with Alfie. That's his son. Um, and then Lori Beth Denberg was, she's so brilliant. She's incredibly brilliant, and many people started to think that we were feeding her the answer because she was literally like the last second she would figure it out. And she would crush this little kid's dream of taking his or her family to Smuggler's Notch. Um, so, <laughs> but she really was, she played the game and it was really fun. So she was always clever and a you know, true game player. No doubt about it. We are a bunch of true game players here on Trainwreck tonight. A huge, 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 huge shout out to our guest, Summer Sanders. Summer. Any uh, prediction for the Bills in the playoffs? No, I don't make predictions. I just know mm -hmm. that if we keep rolling the way we're playing, we are going to be in that in that big game that I can't even say it out loud yet. I'm a little superstitious. Mm -hmm. I just, one game at a time, know. one play at a time, it's, it's all going to work out, and I just believe in our team so much. So just keep sending happy, good, like – good team vibe catchable passes those kinds of things yes i have great i have great hopes for this team as we all do shout out to everybody tuning in Trainwreck tonight make sure you're keeping it locked to trainwrecksports.com for more articles throughout the week we'll also have ub bulls coverage later in the week as they have a huge mac championship matchup against ball state this friday for my co-host wake i'm maniac again a huge shout out to our guest the superstar summer sanders thank you for joining us let's go bills and speaking of keeping it rolling that's what we do here at train rock sports because you know this train never stops good night now, now.